Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Well, I could do Northern, I could do, as you're on the subject of Liverpool, I can do Liverpool next. Yeah, do Liverpool. Let's three, go for yeah. it. Yeah, let's yeah. Do it. So, the obvious, you'll never walk alone. Uh-huh. Sure. It's a song that's been with Liverpool for as long as it's been. It's not Liverpool's origine. Everyone argues over the origin, but before you get any people messaging you, it's not Liverpool's origine. I don't even think it's Celtic's origine. I think it's something really random. Anyway, there it is. Journey Pacemakers, you never walk alone. And it's been brought back a lot. Like, Brendan Rodgers made a really good decision. He's like, let the players go on the pitch and then sing it. I remember being at a game once and Kevin Keegan shouting at the crowd for not singing it well enough. Like, <laughs> so it's like, there's a bit of a like, misty-eyed history about it. But it's came and went and is an anthem, I think, that's been with the club I sports through the worst moments and the best. There's been great moments like when we played Celtic mm. in the UEFA Cup and the whole ground sang it. The moment when we played Borussia Dortmund when Klopp was still there and everybody sang it together. And they sing it as well. So you had the yellow wall and you had the Liverpool fans all singing. It's amazing. <coughs> I've, two times I've heard it, it's blown my mind. Once when I went to Graceland and, and you go, Graceland's weird actually, right? So I was, you talked about records growing mm-hmm. up. One of the first things I got was a Reader's Digest in a charity shop, six Elvis records. And you stuck them in the wall and they formed a big Elvis. And I lived off those, those albums. Yeah. I played them until I couldn't play them anymore, until they broke, scraped, wrecked. And just, I just loved Elvis. And you go to Graceland, it looks really commercial, and you're going to hate it. And then they cross over the road, and you go into Graceland itself. And it's quite a personal experience. There's never that many people around you. You see his house, that's all right. You go out and see where he died, the piano and the squash court. But then you go to where he's buried with his mum and dad. And it's playing, you'll never walk alone. And I, ne- I, never, I didn't know that. I was, if I'm going somewhere, I'm not one of those ones that looks up a menu before I go to a yeah. restaurant. I'm not like one of those Herberts. So like, I <laughs> just discover it. And I went in. I was playing You Never Walk Alone. And it was just like, oh, my God. And then the other time I've sang it, I don't know how many times. But, and there's a lot of fables written about this. But this is just the way it happened because it was there as a proper fan. Istanbul, 3-0 down, 2005 European Cup final. Even you know about this time. Like, greatest comeback in European history. And half-time or 3-0 down. My mate Nick goes, I think we can win this. And we slapped him. And he laughed and he went, only joking. Now he claims he predicted it, but he did. <laughs> They'd sold out of food. They'd sold out of water. 
it was badly organised. A great day, but it was badly organised. Now, at this stage, it kicks off later in the day because it has to be on TV back home at quarter day, kick off at eight o'clock. So we're already two hours ahead of that. So it's midnight. Everybody's fucked. Oh, wow. Everyone's yeah. now hungover. Yeah. Right? And you're 3 0 down. That's super jump. And it just started. And it, no, by the way, this whole people left. There's a guy who cashes in every time they want to talk to the guy who left. I don't know anyone that left. Nobody left near me. Maybe corporate seats left. And it started and it just spread around, you never walk alone. But it wasn't just you'll never walk alone. It was when you walk through a storm. That's how it started, the whole song. And that's rare. I only hear the full song when it's played over the speaker system at Anfield and everyone's, the whole yeah. fucking song. And Carragher told me that in the dressing room when they were trying to create some sort of like, some sort of backbone, some sort of like, how do you close off what just happened? It was one, not the moment, but it was one of the moments that they heard that. The 12th man, to a certain extent, is a myth. People talk about how the crowd sometimes suck the ball into the net. That's hindsight mm -hmm. and romanticism. A, yeah, a team win it on the pitch. Great players yeah. win it on the pitch. Luck wins it on the pitch. Bad refereeing decisions. If the 12th man was a, was a thing, we'd never have lost to Switzerland in the playoffs. So, but that is a good example of where actually the fans made the players think that's why we're here. And they didn't go, we can win this. It wasn't like escape the victory. You know that film with Sylvester <laughs> yeah. Sloan? Still in it, they they weren't trying to escape through the sunken yeah. bath. Yeah, it, yeah. And then someone went, John Ward went, we can win this. Yeah. And out they came. It was tactical change, 3-5-2, bring him on. There was loads happened. But one of the things was that. One thing was the tactical change in how a man played in that second half. One of them was always Steven Gerrard. The other thing was they saw, I don't know if it's Gattuso, but one of their players, when they walked back out, touched the trophy. And it riled a few of the Liverpool players. They were like, fuck, do you think you are touching yeah. it? It's half time. Anyway, rest is history. But that moment was just. Loved that. And it gets back to what I'm saying. It was like, we're here to support the team. And all day, it felt like our name was in the trophy. We got the final two years later, and it never felt like we were going to win. We only got beat 2-1. Yeah. Never felt that day like we are going to win. I remember talking to mates, going, this is shit. This is nothing like what it was like in Istanbul. But that day, it was like a rite of passage. We will win this. The Ataturk is in a weird place, and you come through almost desert to get to it. It was not desert. It was wasteland, and it was like a stream of red coming up. It was almost like a, the whole day was like a rite of passage. And that you'll never walk alone moment. We didn't sing that and go, we're going to win this. No. Bollocks, anyone that tells yeah, you that. Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. totally misrepresented. But that was a great singing of an That's anthem that means more to a team than just football, you know? Yeah. And it is there and has been there through the worst times and the best times. But that singing of it was amazing. That and Elvis. This is a more straightforward one on the list, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, it's probably the most sporting it's one I have It's because it's also the, the one that I, I can immediately say, yeah, I've yeah. heard that. And it's that sort of anthem that is probably perfect for crowds, isn't it? I don't think it? it matters. It's not... It, there's a degree of like tonal tempo cha like changing it that the, the crowd has to sing along through, but it's, it's just beautiful. It sounds great. I'm sure you can bellow that out pretty. You can bellow that out as a note with I everyone, and it, it just sounds amazing. Team you support that that song just cuts through, you, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 unless you're a United fan or an Everton fan, you probably hate that. Turn the radio <laughs> over. It's, just like, it's interesting as one of you know the Elvis Glory Glory Hallelujah. That's the United song. Just skip that one. So I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Why you're here? Because on one of the episodes of Blood on the Tracks, I'm, I too am a big Elvis fan, and, uh, and you asked your guests what what cover type of Elvis cover? What would yours have been? Well, Good there is. Uh, I wonder if I'm allowed to say this. Probably. Okay, so there is another episode of Blood on the Tracks. Okay. We had to record a. Well, we didn't have to at all. That was why I'm so proud of it. We, me and Simon, Simon and I, fucking hell, 
said, let's go and make this programme and don't take it near any radio station. Let's make it first. Let's not go and have meetings. Let's just literally go, do you want it? Yeah. We sent it to a couple of radio stations and Radio 2 took it. So we made an off-air episode with Jimmy White. No, hold on. Let me get it right. One Jimmy White. I'll go through it. Stuart Pearce. Bob Mills. Dream guest, Bob Mills. Stuart Pearce. Bob Mills. Liz Kershaw. I need to remember this. I cannot not have the last person. Give me one sec. I mean, that's a pretty solid lineup so far. I'm not recognising half of these names, so I'm assuming In these Bebby are Jimmy White, Bob, Bob Mills. legend. Yeah. One of the best autobiographies oh, yeah, ever. Jimmy, ever. Jimmy, yeah. Bob, Bob Mills. Bob, Bob Mills, the guy funny comedian, but in also a big sports music really? fan. In Bebby Medina was one of the greatest shows on TV oh, yeah. ever. And he, then, what was the other one I said? Uh, Stuart Kershaw. Pierce, Liz Stuart Kershaw, Pierce. Bob Mills, and... Oh, this face so bad, I can't remember the last. Oh my God, you'll never guess who it is. Scroob! Who's Scrooby? <laughs> oh no, and he's going to be listening to this! Because oh. Scroob, Scroob couldn't, couldn't do any Brilliant. of the four episodes because yeah, I wanted everyone that was on the pilot to be on the episodes. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Like Oh my God, that's that's like you, we all planned this, conspired <laughs> to go. Who's that other guy? Oh, um, the choices were unbelievable. Yeah. But Scroob, I think, yeah, Scroob picked yeah. the right answer, which is Purple Rain by Prince. Mm. And always, oh. and until that, and I've never come up with a better one than that. I think that's good. But the weirdest one. So what happened in that is we had an Elvis impersonator come in for the pilot, and we went if only Elvis, and he came in and he sang them. Nice. The best one was Stuart Pearce, who went for Carter USM, the only living boy in New Cross, and you're like, what? The good. That's the never bad. Gonna work. And the Elvis average. came in and he went, <laughs> hello, good. And we were like, oh my god, it's amazing. And that's the one that was was like the least like obvious one. But I would I would go Purple Rain by Prince. I just, you just hear Elvis sing that. It's absolutely yeah. perfect, Elvis. Hmm. But there's a missing episode of that. The, the reason why we didn't, we can't put it out, although we might be able to put it out now, Stuart Pierce was working for a commercial radio station at the time right. and wasn't okay. allowed to do anything else. So he said, if it's all fair, that's okay. But now you've reminded me of that. I bet you we could put it up on iTunes. Yeah. Or just put it up. Just, it I'll just tweet it out as a... Yeah. And uh, what do you call it, SoundCloud? Yeah. Just say, there you go, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's an episode yeah. that we made yeah. as a pilot. It's yeah. funny. It's funny. Featuring XYZ and yeah. uh, some other dude. Some other, I can't believe it. That's fucking oh, brilliant. So sorry. The guy who texted me today for you to get my number and I forgot. <laughs> Terrible. Love it. So yeah, sorry for that obvious one, but you never walk alone, obviously. Probably no, I don't, one I don't think... But the two moments that I remember it was that. It's not about being too cool for school, Colin, like we said, you know. It's lucky. How about uh, number two? A Are number, we on number two now? We're on mm. number four. Well, it's your fourth, but going oh, five, four, three, they're two. They're not one. in order. Okay. Yep. I'm saving. Who's your fourth? They're, and they're definitely not in order because my favourite was Sweet Caroline and I ah, didn't okay. save it to the end. Sure. Okay. Right. So you mentioned Glastonbury, right? Yeah. There's a band who are like, not ridiculed, but are seen as being uh, a novelty band. And a guy called Dougie Anderson who'd be brilliant at this podcast by the way he's a presenter a filmmaker he's a really cool oh, guy he? comes on fighting talk Dougie goes right come and watch the Proclaimers with me in the main stage and I'm like okay and I go and watch the Proclaimers and they do Sunshine and Neath and he's a Hibs fan and that's their song they sing because Charlie and Craig are Hibs fans and that's what they sing do you know who the Proclaimers uh, one of their favourite bands Scroobius Pip Right, you see, it totally makes sense to me. They get a bad rap as being, you know, like 500 miles yeah, and, sure. you know, Letter from America. And I've, 
since discovered how good they are, yeah. and then I met you is just a beautiful, beautiful we've love just, song. We've talked like, about that, we've been, we? yeah, yeah, because he's a big yes on that blood on the tracks. He picks then I met you, and he yeah. says the greatest brothers ever to make music are the Reeds, yeah, and he does the Reclaimers, and we talked about yeah. it on air. Mm. So they're doing Sunshine Leaf. I look round, and Doggy is in floods of tears, and I'm like, "Why are you crying?" He went, "What's this?" And he shows me this video. And the Hibs fans sing Sunshine and Leith. And it was in two, I'm going to say, two, I didn't write, I wrote down a few notes in this, but I've forgotten them and I've copied the wrong thing. But I think it was 2007. But anyway, don't matter. They win the European Cup in injury time against Rangers 3 2. 114 years without winning that trophy. Wow. 114 years. So the best person to tell this story is another person you should have on this podcast, which is Pat Nevin, the coolest footballer ever to walk the planet. <laughs> I, like we'll DJ together at like Scared to Dance and stuff which is not far from here I think is it but anyway so he, he tells a story he's on BBC Scotland covering the TV and he's literally like going shut up everyone just shut up just so he's like get the mic like, gets everyone to stop talking and they just show four and a half five minutes of this and they're singing Sunshine Leaf by the Proclaimers, which may be one of the most beautiful songs ever written. And this one I'm talking about, we talk about your shit and you know you are. We talk about, you know, and you know, it's like a library. And football's become like a computer game. Mm. Everyone sings the same thing. Put the words in, right? You know, you know, and it's like, no, there are just these beautiful songs. And this crowd, 114 years after, as the team are lifting the trophy, they're not cheering. They put on sunshine and leaf. My heart was broken. My heart was broken. Sorrow, 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 sorrow. My heart was broken. My heart was broken. And, and you know, I don't want to get it wrong because it'll absolutely kill me. But the lyrics are amazing. You saw it. You claimed it. You touched it. You saved it. Like, ah, while wow. I'm worth my room on this earth, I will wait. I, I will be with you. While the chief put sunshine and leaf. Like, it's about Leith is the, you know this is this is them this is Edinburgh this is Leith, and as they lift the trophy the players are singing it, and they just go into there's so many versions of it the official one I like the best from the TV and they're going through, just grown men in tears yeah kids I've got, and I've women got, I've, I've got to watch and they're holding it up and they're, they're, all the scars are up I have no connection to Hibs no reason to like them no connection at all and that one moment makes me look for Hibs scores and it, it's like it's, it's a game like Johnny Logan. It's like, this is better because it is actually, I get why this song could be your yeah. song because it's Sunshine and Leith and I, that, you know, you, this is my team or my solace and my community. But it doesn't make it any less just absolutely spine tingling. And it is, first time I watch it, I'm like, I'm tearing up and I don't even have anything to do with them. If there's one clip people have to watch from this, it's just put in Hibs, Scottish Cup final, Sunshine and Leith. Okay. And it's beautiful because the song itself as well, it is, it is just really powerful but it's you know it's it's no reason to be in a football ground this song you never walk alone at least as you know like when you walk through a storm the lyrics still work for you know but this shouldn't but it does and it is just a moment in these people's lives and Adam if it was me I'll be thinking about the fact my granddad never got to see this and he died. Mm-hmm. My dad never got to see this. If he was looking down now, and that's what proper community is. Whether you get that community go through going to gigs with your mates, going to football, that's the problem now with yeah. football at the highest yeah. level. The community's not there, right? But if I go and see Chester, it's there. And if they're singing something and they win something or lose something, 
the memories, the grandfather and the father and the mother and the grandmother and the kids and, the, you know, like last time we won this, like my, their grand I never saw or like I think they won the league in 57 or something. So there's like a long gap. And it's just, it's about more than that, you know. Yeah. And I think when you look at the crowd, any, any you know, you, we could go upstairs now into the bar and stop 50 people and they'll all have an amazing story. As good a story as anyone who's in the public eye, anyone who's played football or made a hit yeah. album. And it, it, it's, I just love that. I love the voyeurism of it. I just watching, why is he crying? Why is she crying? Look at this guy holding his kid. Look at this old man with his son of 40 years old. And that's why it's emotional for me. And, and that is just stunning. 117 years since they won the Scottish Cup. Win it in injury time and five, six, seven minutes later. And I just love the fact the TV had the sense. Stop talking. Just let it go. And that doesn't happen much in no. football commentary these days. Mm. We don't get enough silence anymore. Just let the pitcher speak for himself. Yeah. It's stunning. It's absolutely the most beautiful thing you'll see. I think we're going to have to... You, you sold me on that. I'm going to have to watch it, but we'll have to link that into people when we post yeah, this out, won't yeah. we, I think? That's Do you have a song that's a that, when, that you can't listen to? So, well, like, so really Dougie Anderson's was Sunshine yeah, no, as soon really as that was live because, he cried well we did um, we did a, a podcast cross, crossover with uh, Pip um, about a month ago who's he? and uh, just some weirdo and basically um, we uh, so we did uh, it's so good I can't believe we, it. we did like a top five crossover so we went on distraction pieces here's one but we did top five songs that make you cry right so we were like, we have no idea how that was going to go down or if we'd start welling yeah. up. And it was because, because obviously, um, you can't really play much of each song. Well, we Pip turned up around my garden, yeah. we sat in my, my little shed thing, didn't we? Mm. And uh, he also bought a bottle of gin as well. So if you're going to, oh my get god, teary, oh dear, mother's, mother's ruined. ruined. Yeah, we had it for a podcast yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, but what, wow. what, what did you have? What did I have? It's difficult, I had, right? I had, a few, I had a few strange ones, didn't I? like Sage Francis, Inherited Scars, and I had... Um, you had Kate Bush. Kate Bush. I think that was my number one, wasn't it? Hands and of then, Love. Um, what song? It was Hands of Love. Really? Which, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it still kills me. I played it the other day. It just done me, literally done me. Can what? you listen to the Future Heads cover? Or is I it just, so bad you can't even listen to... <laughs> Do you know what? Weirdly, um, I don't... No, I don't, I don't hate it. But yeah, um, yeah. There was a the Hands of Love China was... drum that done a cover of Wuthering Heights. And the start of it goes, <laughs> Hello. Our yeah. name's China Drum. <laughs> yeah. And it was for Q Magazine That's on a right. CD, That's right. I think. I think and it's a brilliant it was, cover. Was it not Ruby Tracks, the NME thing? Could have been NME. It was de- yeah. I definitely got yeah. it free. Yeah. Two best covers I ever got free. Yeah. Was that yeah. China Drum, Weather and I yeah. still own it. Yeah. <coughs> and the other one, <laughs> do you ever hear Blur did Waterloo Sunset on a thing on Channel 4 called The White Room? Yep. And I think yeah. the NME or Q gave yeah, it away. Radcliffe used to host it. Oh, it my God. Yeah. yeah. And we know why they called it The White Room. Let's yep. leave it at that. <laughs> and, and watch this. Watch, watch Blur singing this and yep. have a look at Damon Albarn's face. <laughs> and it is just unbelievable. Yep. But it's so funny. China drum. With, Hello. <laughs> We're China drummer. Our name's China drum. And off we go. What was yours now, mate? I can't um, remember. You had, you had a few... Um, Tank Park Slope. Tank Park Slope. That was it. Bust oh, me yeah. up. You had a couple of Billy Braggs on there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. He's got a great song about Belfast, you know, called Northern Industrial that's Town. That's fucking amazing. On William Bloke. And, oh, William Bloke's got me. Brick Bat on, which is my yeah. other one that busts me mm-hmm. up. Wow. Like, um, yeah, don't go with him to fucking Billy Bragg gig then that's what we're <laughs> learning not, here isn't he's it he's an Essex boy we've got to love him he's one of our I'll own tie it back in at Glastonbury during one of the World Cups I was trying to find a TV so I really really wanted to watch one of the semi-finals and I found this shitty little TV and there was two old chairs and I sat in the chair and Billy Bragg sat beside me and watched the match I do, wasn't gosh it? yeah and I was like 
I, I, th- I think I played it okay. Yeah. But like in my head, I'm going. Oh yeah, my I want god. To talk to you about your yeah. music, but I know he doesn't. He yeah. wants to talk about football. Yeah. Robert Smith from The Cure. I seem to talk to him. Pictures of you was in there for me. He loves football, pies and chips. He'll talk about anything, but you know, you get into a lot of you know, I'm in car. When did you? Know, he's like, no, you know, he, he'll talk to you about normal things. And he's brags about like that. And us. You mentioned Nick Cave. There's a yeah. million and one Nick Cave oh. songs that could be in there. I don't know if I could choose one. Straight mm. to you, does me. Like, Chip song for me. Oh, fucking hell. Kills yeah. me. That's oh. on my list. Mine's, have I told you lately, that I love you, by Van Morrison. See, and sweet I, I, thing. And that was thing. in one of the Blood in the Tracks. Martin Bashir picked yeah, it. Yeah, he, he did. And the actual recording of that is... You couldn't listen to it. Was that the one? We played it, and I literally... Because we, they, we, what we do is we play it in our headphones, but it doesn't get recorded. That's right. And that's why if, like, Skin from Skunk and Nancy sings along to My Baby Just Cares For Me, we can drop it in after. And the key to playing music, if you want to play music in this yep. podcast, say you wanted to play a clip now, Hounds of Love. Yeah. 20 seconds in, all I have to do is go... I love this song, and you play another 30 seconds. And then in 29 seconds, just go, I love this song, you play another 30 Colin Murray, thank you very much. So it's uninterrupted 30 seconds. Is that the the actual law? Yeah. Brilliant. So that's that's how we got away with Blood on the Tracks, playing Morsby, putting little clips in. Because we've really wanted to do that. that song, I literally, so he talks, so it's in our headphones, and it gets started from the start when he finishes the line, and I'm like, stop. And we stopped the record. So I'm like, not not being drama. I'm just, I, I won't be able to do this show. So it was the, when my granddad died, it was the track leaving the hospital. And it was the first thing. And it was like, it's gone for me. Yeah. And did this, and I, I remember me, I cut that episode. So Simon and I split the editing. And I had to edit that episode together. And um, oh my God, like, I was like, I'll be all right. I'm just cutting 30 seconds, shutting a bit over. And even just having to hear the Have I Told You Lately, gone editing it just in floods of tears and it's funny like it's it, it's like you say well, Angelo, I can't get away from it I, I mm. can't get through the song mm. I'll never be able to mm. I'd say like in f- I don't know how long it is now 15 years or whatever but it's like I've, I've maybe heard it three three or four times and that was one of them mm. and it just has to go I always could go and see Van Morrison live yeah Really? I always I don't think I could because I don't think I could yeah, you listen to it, you yeah. know. Spoil the rest of the gig now and that yeah. might be coming soon. Yeah, and Fake Plastic Trees gets me by radio yeah. still. Oh, right. If I could be who you wanted all the time, absolutely. The la- just the last mm. bit of it's just broken glass to me. So, mm. yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I, I saw them at Victoria Park when uh, third album came out. What was the third? No, fourth album. Third album's OK Computer. No, the one after that. Uh, Amnesia. Amnesia. Um, and they finished, and, and no, sometimes when you just get drunk, but you, you're not so fucked you can't enjoy it, and you're not like, oh, could we have another beer? You sometimes you just get it right, and yeah. it was just perfect. Oh yes, and oh, when you're just right on the edge of what you need to be, <laughs> yes. that's the best gigs you ever go yeah, to. Absolutely, when you're so close to being fucked, but you're not. Yeah. That's the one. Oh man, and, like, and I was just walking that line, and they they come back out for the encore. And just started fake plastic trees, mm. and like, and by the time it kind of drops, sort of three quarters of the way through, mm. where it starts to build, yeah. everywhere I looked was just fucking bottom lips trembling everywhere, oh, yeah. and it was I just turned around, and my mate Nick was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh mate, and it was oh it was beautiful. my one of that was Leeds 2001, and Granddaddy and Flaming Lips were playing back to back, and Flaming Lips are in my I don't have a top five, but I suppose I probably would have was forced to be in there, and um, I was just dead in the water like you know like you know when you're just right you know, I'm not going to make this I'm absolutely spannered what song so I got granddaddy okay and then and then like I was like I'm, I'm gone but did here. they play and his I went pilot out. his simp- 
you know what, David? I went out sort of ten minutes and then just perfect. Like I was just perfect, and I went in. I couldn't have been any more on the edge of oblivion, but wasn't in oblivion. And it's still the best time I've ever seen them. Apart from the Troxy, that was amazing when they played here. Wow. Um, but uh, they did somewhere over the rainbow into waiting for a Superman. That's a song that kills me. That is a song that absolutely yeah. gets back. Do you know why he wrote that song? And no. I apologise, Wayne, if you hear this and I've got this wrong, but I'm, I'm, I also apologise I'm not allowed to tell the story, but I did a session with them and they tried to do that because I just adore that song and they, they stopped halfway through and we never put it out. It, it was what, I think it's what Wayne Coyne's brother told him. That it's about when Wayne Coyne was walking with his brother and his brother told him his dad had died. Wow. something like that or like you know his mum died or his dad had died or his, his uncle had died it, it, it was a death moment and it was him being told that somebody had died it was his brother telling him and so for the sake of this being a public record it was someone in his family telling him about someone who had passed away that he loved and I think it was his brother telling him about his dad but I'm, I don't know for sure and, and now listen to that song you know I just think that lyric is one we talk about no one else would write that lyric but is it overwhelming to use a crane to crush a fly? It's a good time for Superman to lift the sun into the sky. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, that 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 album. That kills me, that. That whole album's incredible. And it was one of them bands that kind of, when you kind of, we, we, we heard them in the indie clubs when it, like, she don't use jelly come out yeah. and it was like, oh, this is good. That was, was it like, for me and then went back. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and then when software, Softball and come out, it was like, and it, I, I just remember like putting it on for the first time, and it was spoonful weighs a ton. Yeah, when I first heard that, I was like, Unbelievable! Well, well, the, to me, that's Pet Sands, that's, that's Pet Sands now, yeah, absolutely. Like, but I still think, is it uh, that album's transmissions from the satellite heart? Yep, is genius, and yeah, because God, you don't use jelly, that's supposed to be my head. What a yep. fucking tune that yep. is! That's why I like DJ and that's Girl the Dance Club because I can play it and people know it. Yeah, not many of those clubs left. So what, what, I t- once t- beat what? him at table tennis, right? Wayne Coyne, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. And then it, it was at uh, a festival called Witness Stroke Oxygen, they changed yeah. the name, in, in Ireland. And, and you're I'd telling him he's got to surf for that side. You're telling him the rules yeah, and you don't want to lose, right? But he was on it. He knew the fucking rules. <laughs> right? And I played him, and I beat him, I think, like 21-18. And he threw the bat into the net. <laughs> Fuck! He was worse than me. Right? And it was brilliant. But he genuinely was pissed off that I beat him. Yeah. Genuinely Fantastic. pissed off that I beat him. But I've, 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 been on st- I've done the thing where he dresses an animal with him on stage. I've done that. Fuck off. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I did oh, that at that festival so the good. day I beat him at table tennis. Um, but it was weird. She couldn't hear properly. And all the roadies said to me was stay away from the dolphin costume. I was like, well, and they went, Justin Timberlake wore that. They hated that. They hated the fact Justin Timberlake <laughs> was on stage with him. And they were like, stay clear of that one. For whatever reason, I might, I might have pissed in it or something. Um, but yeah I've, se- I've seen him so many times and you know I, one thing I hate about myself is in the last three or four years I've just stopped going to gigs more right. I'm shit at it it's like I've just realised like it's like today I was like right fuck it I'm going to gig this week didn't even know the Rolling Stones were playing and then I find they're playing and then I'm like Ronnie Wood brilliant all those <laughs> snooker stores are coming but um, yeah Flaming Lips why did we get on to this songs make, songs make you cry yeah Flaming Lips and then being pissed to the edge of oblivion yeah but not over the line best moments I didn't know if I'd have five and then literally oh as, God, soon as, yeah. as soon as they come on I just start weeping I'm like okay this was not a difficult yeah. top five to do really but do you realise does me as well 
It does a wee bit. It does a wee bit. There's a Chet Baker. Let's get lost. That's bad. That's not bad for me, but I like. It definitely makes me a bit emotional. I'll get into jazz and everyone will really tune off. You've done football, <laughs> jazz in the Eurovision, the three no's of all podcasts. But it's not necessarily <laughs> got to be yeah, so like jazz, didn't they? We threw in, well, I threw in um, Up the Junction by Squeeze, mm-hmm. which you think is one of the saddest songs ever written. And it's like, and it's the most upbeat, but then yeah. again, most of Smith stuff's really upbeat then, and super joyful. There, but there's a great top five someone should do. Happy songs that are really fucked up. So, like, almost any Kenny Rogers hit. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Coward of the County, crazy yeah. song. I mean, it's the darkest song you'll ever hear. Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town. Yeah. This guy wrote the darkest shit mm. and turned them into, you painted up your yeah. lips and held your tinted hair. <laughs> Granny's singing along to this. Yeah. If I could walk, I'd take a gun and put him in the ground. You know, like, uh, you know, they locked the door and, you know, they, they, they had their way with Becky and there was th- four of them or three of them. Like, it is unbelievable, yeah. his stuff. That's pretty yeah. dark. I never really... Really dark. Really don't with that. Um, I tell you what gets me. Johnny Cash, cover of Hurt. But, but just for being a Johnny Cash fan and Paul McNamee, who we did a magazine with, he got me into Johnny Cash. Um, I was in the Tomates, he was in the Johnny Cash, and we used to argue about it. But anyway, he got me into Johnny Cash. And when I went to his museum in Nashville, it's, they have the video at the end, and they just, the video recorded when he knew he was going to die, like he knew this was it. And that, just that snarled face looking at you on its last legs and just singing those words down there. Uh, unbelievable. That's, that's pretty yeah, powerful. That, 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 yeah. I, I don't think that that that. that Drop any grown man now. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a powerful bit of video. Make Boris Johnson cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, where, where, where are we at? We're at the, we're the, 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 the top spot. Yeah. It's definitely top not top spot. I've actually thrown it in oh, cool, for sure. more of a reason to talk about music. Sure. So, I worked in the 2012 Olympics and I'm an Olympic nerd. And I made a documentary before that, which Five Live. BBC Five Live set a price. That's what you're getting paid to make it. And I was like, all right, I'll make a couple of quid a day. I think I ended up making £26 a day. It took that long to make. And it was like being back in the YTP. <laughs> it was brilliant. And my thing was, there's 114 living British Olympic gold medalists. And I want to meet as many as I can. Wow. And I made this seven-hour documentary. I met 113 out of 114. Steve Ovet just wouldn't do it. And the journey was... Why not? On- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, he's awkward, right? He thinks you're going to talk about coal. You think he's going to be all about he that? He still won't do that. Like, he's yeah. still so well, I that. sent him an email. I said, look, I got your email off Daily Thompson. I know you don't do these. I'll come anywhere in the world. And I just want to interview you for even 15 minutes. I'm making this documentary the only one. It's not an all our yesterdays type of interview. That's not what this doc is. It's, I want people listening in 50 years and go, that was the history of our Olympic success. And he emailed me back and he said, sorry, I don't do those all our yesterdays interviews. And I'd literally written an email saying, it's not that. Yeah. So I did a very Irish thing. I left it, let it build up inside me, the anger, <laughs> drank a bottle of rye, and then sent him the worst email. And then the other thing. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Gross <laughs> <laughs> day of regret. Um, and, and, you know, I never want to meet him. It made the documentary kind of work in a way. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so anyway, covered the Olympics for Five Live, and it was just the greatest privilege I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, um, it was one hell of a year. And right? London turned mm-hmm. completely positive. Listen, I don't want London to be completely positive all the time. I love this city. It's my, it's my city now. I've been here for so long. Um, but it was the most amazing few weeks. And um, when Chris Hoy won, you know, the, his sixth gold medal, I think it was, he won a sixth gold medal. And, it, and it, I covered it for Five Live with Simon Brotherton. And so he, it was like, Scotland's most successful Olympian, Britain, first athlete to win three gold medals in yep. an Olympic Games since like 1908, most successful cyclist we'd ever had in Olympic history, and the six gold medals, more Olympic medals than anybody else. So he beat Steve Redgraves yep. five, and we had him there four, five, four. Anyway, whatever, he sort of broke the records. And um, Paul McCartney, old thumbs aloft, was there, <laughs> and he was up in the hang, and he, he started singing Hey Jude, and the whole velodrome huh? joined in and sang Hey Jude. The whole place, hey Jude. And I think it's the only time I haven't resented people singing Hey Jude. Yeah. Because I'm a Beatles fan. Yeah. And what does why does Paul McCartney, every time he plays live at everything, play Hey Jude? Yeah. And sometimes he'll throw in uh he'll throw in Let It Be. Yeah. And maybe one other. Yeah. Right? Lady Madonna. Yeah. Why why what what's wrong with you, Paul? Yeah. You, you got, should have rocked up the Queen's Jubilee and played Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. yeah. You, you, got, you, you got the selection. You need to start playing yeah. other songs. Yeah. And it was the only time I didn't go, oh, for fuck's sake, he's singing Let It Be yeah. again. <laughs> Sorry, he's singing uh, Hey Jude again. It was a lovely moment. It was a very British moment. You know, it was yeah. a very kind of like, he's won the sixth. Here we go, Rule Britannia. Everyone sings <laughs> Let It Be. Uh, but it was beautiful. It was brilliant. And it was uh, and it, it kind of laugh. I want to bring it in as a different one because actually I hate when people sing, yeah. sing Hey Jude. I hate it. He always sings it. You watch anything he plays. <laughs> that he do you know sings what? That's bang on the money. Live right. it. Yeah. Let, he did the same thing. Hey, Jude, everyone loves that. No, Paul. Get up there in that fucking stage Mix and sing, up. I'm so tired. Yeah. yeah. Do revolution. Do anything you can do yeah. in your Hell, life. Skelter, fucking drop it. Yeah, he does that the odd time. Yeah. But not enough. Yeah. Ha, come on, my man. Get up there and do yeah. it. You know, it, you think of what he could do. That I'm trying because he obviously got to think of the ones he sings. Yeah. So he could do Gun like. Golden Slumbers. He could do in your broken sing. Yeah. Is that your favourite? Golden Slumbers. Golden Slumbers. Yeah, yeah. No, could he? Yeah. He, 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 no, he couldn't do your broken sing. Could he? Tell me. Have you, yeah, he could. He could. He'd have to have a different back. No, he couldn't really. That's more Lennon. Mm. But he's got fucking choices. Stop singing the ballads, my man. Grace Band never walked the earth, and all you do is sing. <laughs> 
fucking the same ones. I've tried not to swear in this podcast. I've talked about <laughs> oh, twenty in this. Swear away, singing yeah, a dude. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that that was a that was more of a kind of weird moment for it to happen. And he was there. I've never done it when he was there. But of course, his two thumbs went up. That's what he does yeah. all the time. His thumbs up. But I had the most. So when he he, he brought an album out and he did a, an interview with me in the peel slot, he came in and brought the keyboard and I, I brought my mine in actually. And then he uh, he played some stuff and did an interview and it was amazing for me. Like I I remember my 16th birthday coming down the stairs and it was a balloon that said 16 on it and the White Album. That was the first time I'd properly listened to the White Album and my mum was like, you need to properly listen to this album. And that's why I'll argue anyone the White Album is the greatest Beatles album all time because it has like a million different sounds on it and it's an education more. I get why Revolver is a more enjoyable album, but that's the best Beatles album for me. Anyway, uh, what would you say your best Beatles album is? I'd have to say the best, best of, of the Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I remember getting that changed by. So anyway, Cohen Ryan McCartney's a really nice guy and he wrote a birthday card to my mum and stuff like that, which was amazing for her. She got it for her birthday, and she still has it framed. But I, anyway, I had him in, and I'm very honest in interviews. I got in trouble with Radiohead once, because I was interviewing them, and, he, and, and they were like, I, it was when OK, what, what album was it that came out? Oh, I can't remember. It could have been OK Computer, but anyway, doing this interview, and they're talking about the set list, and I'm like, I think that's a really good set list. You've got to play songs that like are big songs, but I was like, do you know what? I, I, I'm not coming to see you anymore to hear Karma Police, and they dropped it from the set. And then in an interview said they dropped it because I said it in the interview, and I got like hate mail from all over the world <laughs> oh, that's on a world man. tour. But McCartney, I'll be honest in interviews with people, and I'd said to him about, he'd asked me about the album, I'd been like, that's naff, that's naff, but this is good, and this is actually quite a good tune, and stuff like that. And this guy who looks after, funny enough, Radiohead and the Beatles, he used to look after both of them, a guy called Kevin McCabe. And I hate people that say a guy called, by the way. The only time, you, that wankers say yeah, that, yeah, why yeah, did yeah, I yeah. say that? The only time it works is a guy called Gerald. Yeah. That's the only time she <laughs> would say it. Anyway, so, so he rings me and he goes, can you come outside? There's a, there's a Range Rover or whatever outside, just get in the back. I'm like, what? He goes, just fucking do it. So you don't do that. We're in Essex. He looked after, <laughs> he looked after in, in Redden, you know. as well. So uh, what a band. Anyway, so we, I come out and I get in the back and it's him and Paul McCartney. So, like, you can't go back to being, like, a kid who got the White Island for his 16th birthday. I'm not in the back of a random car. And, Paul, and he goes, hey, lads, can't do the accent very well. Have a listen to these three remixes and tell me which one you like. And I sat there and he put three remixes as a single. And I finished and he went, and I went, first one's terrible. Second one's good. Third one tries too hard, but you could go with it if you like, but just don't go with the first one. He went, thanks, lad. And I got out. That was it. Went back into work, sat at my desk. It's random, it. Fucking hell. Yeah. But I like him a lot. I just wish he'd stop playing Hey Jude. Yeah. That's, that's you know? crazy. What a cool story. Yeah. And I, think, I think that in journalism or, or, or just um, as a, a broadcaster or presenter, Colin, that's, sometimes I don't like it when I feel that uh, what I also love about podcasts is we can be as honest as we want here. There's mm. no one really p- pulling our strings. Yeah. And yet it could be so easy to be sycophantic in, yeah. in, what, in what you do, right? Because yeah. you've got people on left, right and centre. So being honest must be like Gold dust in, in, well, well, I, I worked extent. that documentary made about the Olympics. The, yeah. the guy called Nick Etherton made it with me, and he was actually from TV, but he was an Olympic nerd and he wanted to make it with me. So we were like two Olympic nuts together. And I remember about four interviews in or five interviews in, he sat down and he went, So you ready for today? It was for interviewing Adrian Murhouse or something. And he went, I went, Yeah, and he went, Show me what you've got. And he went, Good. And he went, Can I ask you a question? Do you ever fucking watch it? And I went, What? And he went, Have you watched him win gold? And I went, No. Watch it. What did you notice? Well, this and that. Watch it again. 
watched it. And he goes, what's different? I went, oh, he's wearing a white T-shirt and then no one else is. He's coming out with a T-shirt. He's like, ask him about that. And it's the little things. Mm. And I learned a lot from that and got much better as an interviewer. It's like, pick a little thing. They're not expecting it, so automatically it puts them out of the media training if they've had any. But, but more importantly, it's like he went, no, nah, there was no reason for that, but I had lucky shorts. And I lost two years before in the Worlds or whatever, and I cut them up. And all of a sudden, and then the next question is actually about his mentality. And the next question, and all of a sudden, you've got something that you yes, never thought yeah. you would get. There is that, and it's like you're right, podcast has opened this up. I could not have done at home for Five Live on Five Live. They run half an hour of it. Hmm. I couldn't have done it. They're not going to put out the Dan Hardy stuff. And that was hard to get through, and we got half of it on air. Or the, the one I'm most proud of is the Chris Akabusi one that went out a few weeks ago. It's just like, I, I'll never do an interview like that again. Like, I've never, everyone's like, it was funny, I was driving to it, and anyone listening now, and this not be me being arrogant, anyone mm-hmm. listening, I'll go, ah, you're, you're, you're bang right with this. I remember everyone's expecting it to be Chris Akabusi, right? Come on, mama, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which, which I thought like, right? play, play it in slow tracks. motion. He, he seemed yeah. very lively on Blood. Well, listen tracks. to this. So he invites me into his house. I remember driving there, and I don't know why, but I had this fucking pit in my stomach feeling that something was going to happen. I just, there was something about that day. I don't know what it was. And we got one question in, and I just went, right, you know what? I'm just getting rid of every note I have. I'm just going to talk about what's in this room. Because the room was like everything about his life in the room. And we got into lost fathers, uh, being rejected by fathers and when he was in the orphanage and he was giving me the whole, like, I had a good time in it. And I was like, Chris, I'm not buying that, mate. You can't be rejected mm. by your family. And, it, and he just, for some reason, we just, we just come off air. We forget we're on air and we chat wow. about how I grew up and the experiences that I had, which were ne- nowhere near as severe as him, but the same abandonment with family. And, like... And we talked, and he talked about how he can't fall in love, and like he doesn't know how to love properly, and he doesn't know how to love his kids. And I was talking about having therapy and how it changed and allowed me to do it. And he was like, "Yeah, but I don't want to have therapy now. I'm 60. It could ruin." It is the most honest chat I've ever had with anyone, and I will love that guy forever for that because I, I, the only time I've ever done it is at home. I say to him, "I'll send it to you. Have a listen. Anything you want out." And the whole time I've made it, one comment has been taken out. And that was actually something that Michael Carrick played to his wife. And his wife went, I want that out. And it was something stupid. Yeah, right? Yeah. Fair yeah. enough, take it out. No one's ever taken anything out. And I sent him that. And he went, Leave, let it all run. And I, I, funny That's enough, brave. I'm, well, That's I made a deal with Five Live. I said, look, I'm only sending this if it doesn't get clipped up and played. I don't want to hear it played for a minute. Pops, pops. Yeah. And somebody then go, sure. I don't want to hear it for a minute. And then someone have a debate on, I want it to sit as it is at this half an hour of... Fuck, have we just had that conversation? And uh, it's, it's like we, I grew up in an era where you'd watch someone be interviewed or listen to someone be interviewed, and I knew whether I liked them at the end of it, I knew their mm-hmm. character. And I'll laugh at TV chat shows these days, and I don't hate them. I'm not learning anything about them. They're on to promote their film. Yeah. They know the questions in advance, mainly, and I like Graham Norton to be a bit cheeky, but I'm not going to really work out whether I like him. Yeah, yeah. I can think of three or four people have been on. I thought, actually, like Will Smith, good example, like on that, you know yeah. you want to have a drink with him. Yeah. But at home for me was always about that. At the end of it, like know the character of the person. It was interesting, Jamie Carragher had that thing recently where he spat, and it was the big thing. He spat out of his car. And I got a lot of messages from people going, that's an awful thing to do, but I listened to your interview with him, and I know he's not that person. And I love that when you can make, you, you, I don't think you yeah. can change the mass, you know, the general public's mind, but with the people that say, 
listen to at home, you can certainly create a foundation of thoughts about somebody, of what makes somebody tick, whether it be Ian Wright or Dan Hardy or whatever. And I, I think that's uh, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, but it, it does come through honesty. It's, you can't be... You, you know, I can interview someone I love, but I'm going to find something that I want to... Yeah, I pulled up... Uh, was it Jamie... Car I pulled up Jamie Carrigan retiring from football. You know, and Jamie Carrigan's a hero to me. And I, I was, like, properly one of my favourite players of all time. And I was like, you don't quit international football, mate. It, you, it quits you. You don't stop playing. And he says, here's yeah. why. And he explained it really well. And I was like, we'll agree to disagree. And I'm like, I'm warming to it now, but I still think you don't leave. I think you, you crawl through broken glass to represent your country. That's what I think. Um, and so, yeah, you, if you have those honest conversations, then I think that's when you get... I'm rambling a bit. But yeah, no, you, do, you do get moments that people can then talk to you about, you know, and they'll remember yeah. character foreman, you know. Would you, what would you say on our podcast? Was there one? Uh, um, Adam Fleisek was brilliant. Babe, baby Shambles. And that, that went in total different directions that yeah, we never that, expected that, it that, to. That was one that... And, and Gail Porter as well. Gail, Gail just was, was brutally honest, wasn't she? Yeah, she did oh. like top five uh, weirdest interviews, Colin, which I really? um, don't know if you've had many, but I mean, Gail has got just untold from singing uh, Night Fever with uh, John Travolta. John Travolta. So, yeah. But Adam went in, like, we didn't really want to talk about Baby Shambles or anything like that. We, we, cause we wanted to talk about his top five, but yeah. he took it there, didn't he? And, yeah. and then he just went into what it was like being in that band with Pete Dockett at that point and yeah. it was that was pretty eye-opening wasn't it? it it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing so I don't do interviews so I do there's a guy at the Guardian's interviewed me I think my last three interviews I just I don't want to be taught I don't want ever to be the subject I hate when I am even mm. if it's a positive thing so like when I, when I left Talk Sport it was like I was like well maybe it'll not be that big a thing and then when people start talking about it it was like that's why I put one tweet out. I put out one tweet because I never want to talk about... To me, the, ra the rag doesn't exist, so I don't talk about it. And the other reason was, like, I just never want to be the story. I I'm so uncomfortable being the story. But, like, I did Scroobius's podcast, they've done this. And that's it, I think. And just those interviews in The Guardian, because it's like, I hate being the story, but podcasts like this are great because you, you don't feel like... There's, it's more of a conversation, no one, right? There's no one's going to listen to it and find a story out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because we, f we fly below the radar. There's, I deliberately at home put anything that I think might get picked up and smeared a bit. I'll move it completely yeah. to the end. Because yeah. I actually know those people don't sit and listen to an hour and a half <laughs> to get their shit. Yeah, yeah you know, their so attention span bit, doesn't you know? last that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. The, and then you can feed them some line about, you know, like I hated playing at the 1990 World Cup and they'll reprint that, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, before we finish, I, I want to go back a little bit just quickly to... I know you don't want to talk about yourself, but I'm going to push you on it. Um, <laughs> you spoke about 95 when you was doing the magazine of music. Uh, yeah, yeah, 95, 96, 97. When, yep. when did Diana die? Because that's how I know exactly when I did it. But going back before that, like, what, what was your kind of... Aside from, the, you know, your, your parents instilling the greats, you know... You know, like Stones and such, and a beat yeah. wasn't on you. Like what was what was growing up in in you know was, when you was? It was just before his twenty. There you go. Yeah, I can remember that night as well. Got in from the club, so DJing, and uh, <laughs> and put my my little telly on, just because I couldn't get to sleep without the telly being on. And then all of a sudden, scared and monsters. And I was like, holy shit, what was that? And I literally, I remember, I was still living at home. I was like, have, oh, you, have you had Stuart Lee in this podcast? No, no. I mean, we'd love right. Stuart Lee. He, 
have you ever seen any dolls about when he went to the garden? Oh, it's, it's one of my favourite things. It's one of my favourite things of all time. And, and it's, it's one of, he's the, one of those rare comedians can do seven <laughs> minutes and you know the punchline after the first second yeah, yeah. and it's still so funny. And the one he's where in my he top goes, five comedians. Yeah. And Easy. the one where he goes, I'll bring the blow up ET and you laugh. And then he goes, I did that at a gig once and someone shouted, actually, it was Alf. What a payoff. <laughs> So yeah, but people listening, if, if yeah. you don't know what we're talking about, go oh. and uh, look at Stuart, search Stuart Lee and uh, Lady Die. His sketch on Lady Die is so funny. fucking amazing. So, and not disrespectful, it's about a uh, blow up ET being in the Garden right. of Remembrance, yeah, yeah, you know, when everyone yeah. left the It's not like, yeah, sorry. No, I just wanted to know what was going on in, in you know, was it. Was Irish music a massive thing for you? Or was you um, looking over here when when you was imagine falling into like kind yeah. of find out what's going on in, well, with indie music and alternative music? I look back now, and I'm so grateful that I, I'm not 30 and I'm 41. I'm glad I just got the last time you could discover music the way we did. Yeah, so I had all my parents' stuff, which was brilliant because I never had. There was never a filter of like what's you should like or not like. I was never in a scene, and I hold that to this day. Yeah. Like, I like that. I, when Miley Cyrus came through, like, and uh, We Can't Stop, and Reg, I like it. I bought the fucking album. It, there's a lot of shit on it, but I like it. I quite like Katy Perry. Like, I don't have to just sit in the house and listen to Nick Drake all the time yeah. to, to be a music fan. In fact, I think people that do that are as bad as people that just listen to shit, chart R&B, yeah. the worst music of all time. But, and that's probably the only genre I don't like, chart R&B. Yeah. I think it's literally the only genre of music I can't find something to like in it. Yeah. I just don't get it. I just don't get a single bit of it. But I, we, you, the problem with, a couple of reasons, I think, which was just growing up, so I brought up by my stepdad and grew up quickly because of all that. You, you kind of grew up a bit quicker than you wanted. But the troubles grew you up quicker. Yeah. Yeah. You, one of the things that if you grow up in an area that has civil war, it robs you of your childhood as well. So, it, so from an early age, you're aware of things you should never yeah, have to be definitely. aware of. And you become old quite quick. And we, you drink quick and you get into stuff quick and you do stuff you shouldn't do so I, I was drinking really young I, I mean I, I lost my virginity when I was 12 and I was way drinking along before I don't know why I started wow. at 9 or 10 or whatever but wow. we grew up we were adults we weren't adults we were kids no. but I grew up quick and I, I remember being 10 and 11 and going down the park and sneaking a quarter bottle of vodka 11 especially 11 12 is probably fair about 11 yeah and we discovered music on tapes, and it was whether it was Joey Beltram or whatever. We, it was the rave scene. That was the first yeah. one I remember. And too young to go, but the Ice Bowl had, and Donald had underage raves, which were boxing rings, but they were amazing. And and you wouldn't you judge music purely and do you like the tune? Like the first time I ever had Moby was on a tape. I didn't know it was this guy yeah. who was going to sell all these records and stuff. Like you didn't discover it in that way. You know, Dominator was just, you heard it on the rave yeah. tip. You know Bang what up. I mean? And that's yeah, how definitely. We like, you it. used to get the, I used to love those, like, eight pack yeah. tape cassettes. Yeah. And yeah. I've not got any at home that yeah. have got all of them in there because all my prick mates. Yeah. Because one, one of them, no, 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 I'll definitely bring that back to you. See yeah. you later. You're never going to see that our, again. Our rave but tapes were that. sold in the dodgiest places as well. <laughs> like, the same people were selling dope and sold rave tapes yeah. and, and fake yeah. razors and naff yeah. naff coats and all that, right? Naff jackets. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you could have got a rave tape. And uh, I used to be the older guys. We'd look up them and they'd come down and they this is a new... And we'd put the tape on and we'd have a drink. And I loved that. Like, I... I Looking back, it was hairy and stuff, but it was like, I, I love that memory now that I had that music scene that I mm. discovered that way. And then at the same time, then when you got these bands coming out of it, like the Stone Roses, and that was big with us, although it was always, 
I was a big Blur fan early. I don't know how that happened, but Leisure, like from the very beginning, I love right. Blur. I like the Stone Roses. I've grown to love the Stone Roses a lot more as I get older. But um, and all the shit that came with it then over the next six years, um, Menswear and Manson and all that. I'll tell you what, we had Johnny from Menswear on. Lovely was, band, love the band. Was, as I yeah, said, yeah, it was. But that interview what? was crazy. Fuck interview chat. Me, yeah. yeah. Best blagger of all time, maybe? Best blagger of all time. I mean, they're, they're from Safed, they're all yeah. Essex boys. Yeah. And uh, have they done what they've done? Literally, they had no band, no songs, yeah. and just got some good-looking people together and went... Do they admit that, then, when they talk about it? Johnny, just not... Look, he Because we've had loads of bands on, haven't we? And it's always interesting to hear the different stories of how people fell into music or, and, and ended up in bands. And they're always quite different. Yeah. But... But a lot of them come from a place of ended up having a passion for something in music and then getting good at it or one yeah. way or another. Johnny's was kind of like, we just kind of were doing a lot of clubs. coke. We kind of wanted to yeah. be, be on the front of yeah. Went round all the NME. clubs telling everybody they were in a band, even though they weren't. And then it worked. And then all of a sudden they got a big, I can remember it as well. They, they Select Magazine done a double page spread on like the new face of mod. And it was going to be this new thing called mod. Like the, the, the new genre, the new whatever, the, the second coming of mod or the third coming, I suppose it would have been by then. And, uh, and I remember seeing like Johnny and, like, and some, some other people that used to sort of go to the same clubs as me. And he said, we had no songs. They printed That's that we was in a band called Menswear. He said, we literally had nothing. And then mm -hmm. we, they, all the battle companies were saying, when are you going to play? And they just booked this venue and they had, he wrote Daydreamer like himself yeah. when he was a student, hadn't he? But he couldn't play an instrument. Yeah. Just had the words. And, and I think Chris had a little... Guitar line, they, they played like three songs and they played they like had three songs one for the twice, whole gig. didn't they? Yeah, and then yeah. they, it was just a bitty more went Well, they played Belfast, so I'll give them credit. Loads of bands didn't. That was another thing you missed out on, right? So the Troubles. Primal Scream always played, Stone Roses played, Oasis played. I don't think you, I might be wrong, but I don't think you two ever played during the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Really? They may have. You have to look yeah, it up. Yeah, I certainly yeah, never yeah. remember you two playing yeah, yeah. until after. What were the big Irish bands at that point? Um, but well, the thing, to finish that, right? So Britpop came through, or we didn't call it Britpop, like Britpop. To me, is like roll with it yeah. era. Okay. It was just baggy, wasn't it? But then it's funny, like you're South End, where are you? Basildon. Right, so you're a bit different, you see, because you were connected to a big area mm. where maybe scenes happened. We pretended scenes, like, so yeah. you weren't, you didn't, it's not like here if you go out right outside this door and people are so fitted into a scene and they were the right things, and you know. Because we were into Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Ice Cube, NWA, that was a huge record for us. Straight Outta Compton was huge. And I always sound really hate saying it, and I hear myself saying it and think wanker. But when you grow up in, a, in an area that doesn't have much, those can, that it can relate to you, even though it's not your scene, and it's not, it's not your thing that's happening. Definitely. It fits into the same thing. And those albums were huge. And it was like any stoner music, so like you know, Cypress Hill, Cypress NWA. Hill. It was, Cypress Hill was like my first yeah. band that I ever really fell in love with. And, oh man. But like you say, like I had no way to relate to that. I was listening yeah. to songs like Hits from the Bong, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, this is great. I don't know what a fucking bong was. Yeah, exactly. I genuinely didn't know yeah. what a bong was. It was brilliant. And it was a time, where I remember the Failing 94 Festival, Trip to Tip, first festival I ever went to. So I don't know what age it was then. Uh, it would have been 94, so it was, I think it just turned 17. Well, get out of the car, Delamitri were playing. It was one stage at a base, uh, Gaelic stadium, Semple Stadium. One stage, 60-odd, 70,000 people sold out. One stage. None of this genre festival mm. bollocks now. In two days in that stage, I saw 
Delamitri, as I got there, always the last to know, what a tune. Bjork, Prodigy, Cypress Hill, Crowded House, Rage Against the Machine, Blur, The Saw Doctors, I could go, I could go on. Like, ridiculous, Bill. Rage Against the Machine, then Crowded House. Back to back. Back to back. Who was best? We went, hard to say, we went mental, me and my mates got, Rage Against the Machine went mental. That was our number one of the whole yeah. weekend we were waiting on. Went mental, were amazing. And we then were like 100 yards back for crowd. Everyone was like this, watching Crowded Out. He's singing every word. I remember, I remember my mates got pissing in a pint glass. That's all I remember about it. <laughs> I loved both. It was brilliant. I loved festivals to go back to that. And they never will, but go back to that. Just, just have all the bands on. Boomtown Rats played that. That weekend, who else played that weekend? It was just such a weird bill, but it was amazing. Yeah. And so we, so the music I was, you know, growing up to, I remember more like what albums did to me. Like first time I heard Straight Outta Compton, first time I heard Definitely Maybe, first time I heard Ten by Pearl Jam, first time I heard Do Little by the Pixies retrospectively, because I got into them after getting into yeah. grunge. And then there's this Scottish guy called Journey. He's like, you need to listen to Tom Waits, you need to listen to Pixies, and that was yeah. it. I'll tell you what, you talk about crowd singing something, and I should, yeah. I did have it. Phone, it's one of those I can't delete from my phone. And I saw Pell Jam at Hyde Park five, six years ago. Again, just got the green light, went with all my old pals, and just got on it all day, and it was fucking ace. And that line at the end of 10, yeah. uh, at the end of uh, Black, I know someday you have a beautiful yeah. life in someone else's sky. And, and, oh. And then the whole crowd were just going do 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 as the sun was coming <laughs> down, and it was like, oh, this is Amazing. special. This is. And Can I throw like, in a really random nerdy thing? Go for it. There's a Pearl Jam on a tribute album for Victoria Williams, and they do uh, the Crazy Mary, not that one. That she lived on a curve in the road. Yep. You gotta get this. It's just a tribute album. It's kind of a bit like a, a bit like Temple of the Dog, really. When someone says like Pearl Jam, you go, Have you heard Temple of the Dog? Yeah. You you gotta listen to this track they do a cover of Crazy Mary it's so good did you ever hear their cover of Beatles Hide Your Love Away no it was for a, a soundtrack a Sean Penn film called I, Sam I Am or I Am Sam one of them and the whole soundtrack is just Beatles songs covered Amazing. by and Ben Folds does Golden Slumbers yeah. fuck me oh does a good cover Ben Folds yeah yeah ben you actually don't ben, use ben, Jelly Oh yeah, I've got yeah. no, I've got that. Yeah. Ben Folds Five made big by TFI Friday. It was the last show that, that rocked that show. They, they and everyone was watching it, and they, he booked Ben Folds Five because yeah. he loved them. Yeah, yeah. And he went on and he did uh, "Give Me My Money Back," yeah. "Give Me My Money Back," you bitch, and that was it. Every, and that, everybody got into Ben Folds yeah. Five. Went from nothing to that. One of a few examples of a show like that, like properly yeah. breaking a band. Yeah, loved that. Yeah. But TGI's was decent. I used to really quite enjoy that. Didn't they? They did another one. Like, they brought it back recently. But they, like, I really I watched an episode. It's pretty cool. But it obviously yeah. didn't get. It was just hard for, to relive that. It, it, it is because it was. It was just. It was a brilliant moment, and I'm yeah. saying that as a 45 year old man. But before you went out on a Friday night when you was mm. having your fish fingers, chips, and beans, yeah, 
you got to see the bands you yeah. like yeah. play live, mm -hmm. and yeah. and whatever films were coming out, you got to see the people that were in them. Kind of not in that Parkinson style interview. It was like they were having a beer well, on telly. Well, beer because all like the crowd was in the room. Yeah, yeah. he just oh, he felt a bit, a bit decadent. Of, I think. Yeah, you want the most random sports connection to TFI Friday? Yeah, go for it. There was a guy. You know, used to have people come on and did weird things. Yeah. There was quite famously a guy that came on, a student who could turn his stomach into an elephant. Yep, I remember. Right. <laughs> that is Rob Walker, the snooker MC, the Olympic commentator, darts presenter. Rob Walker, the BBC presenter. That's him when he was elephant. a student. He's the elephant and to this guy. day, he can still turn his stomach an elephant and he hates it when I mention it <laughs> Google it Rob Walker what a perfect TFI place to finish yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that thanks for having oh, me mate I'll Colin, tell you what I think, I think I feel like I come with a different listener you know, I, I choose a better subject I mate. feel like all the best conversations were outside of my uh, list what we like about this is that we never know where the conversation is going to go yeah. like sometimes we will stick strictly on a subject yeah. other, mm. other times we don't yeah, and and I think that's the beauty of it because there's no like there's no agenda, so mm. there's no yeah. really pre-prepared -pre sort of questions yeah. that we really have or anything like that. And well, you had so then we have chats like this. Well, we've got. Do you want one more before we go? Yeah. John Carew, Carew, he likes a lap dance or two. <laughs> he might even pay for you, John Carew, <laughs> Carew. We had uh, John Horner, reset. I want to know will you score, Michael. Or something like when you score a goal, whatever. But he got in trouble for texting women, like when he was married, something. And they started singing, John Arnorisa, I want to know, did you text my bird? Which is not a suitable <laughs> word, by the way. I'm just telling you what the song was. Um, and one of my, Emil Heskey, when he joined Birmingham, he'd sat out a dip in form and they went to Birmingham and played quite decent. And they, his own fans used to sing to him. <laughs> There's only one Emil Heskey. He used to be shite, but now he's all right. Walking in a Heskey one. I was thinking, if he's hearing that, it ain't doing anything for him. It ain't doing anything for him here. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> well, Colin, thanks so much. Uh, when we put this out, I hope you don't mind us uh, mentioning you like on the tweets and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I'll retweet it'd be it. Cool, it'd be cool to yeah. hear um, other people's sort of like contributions. Yeah. 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 What See what the listeners are. are saying. And yeah, mate, thanks so much for coming on. Anytime. Lovely. Thanks for having me. There you have it. Colin Murray. All killer no filler there. That's what happens when you chat to people that are off the radio and the telly. They know their shit. And, yeah, no exception there. Um, it was lovely chatting to Colin. Um, absolute gentleman. Um, went out of his way to get Dan after uh, an interesting afternoon in Anna with his sis. So thanks again, Colin, for doing that. Thank you ever so much for listening. Um, listening? Listening. Listening. Listening to the listing. Try saying that with a lisp. Jesus Christ. See you again next week. If you want some more hardcore listing, well, there's plenty in the back catalogue if you're new to it. And uh, so have a little route around in there. Um, if you like your radio presenters, we've done uh, a few of those as well. Go and have a little listen to some of those. Jordan Gray, John Kennedy... God, I'm sure I'm missing more. Uh, Rowena, Alice. Um, so, yeah, they're all on the back catalogue. Um, and there's a whole stack of podcasts um, on our Patreon page. Um, so I should point out that each week on Patreon, we put out another hardcore listing, uh, top five, which is chosen by uh, you, the Patreons. So if you like the lists and you like Chris and I chatting waffle, then there's probably a good 10, 15 podcasts over there. Go over there, chuck a couple of quid in the tin, and you've got hours and hours of waffle from uh, 
me and Chris. So uh, that's uh, patreon.com forward slash hardcore listing. Um, right, thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.